I know, yeah. Okay, but Michael Jordan had a flu game, so like if LeBron isn't gonna suck it up and play a COVID game, then I don't know how we can say who's the real goat after this Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the I May Regret This Podcast. I'm your host, who forgot to start a stopwatch, Kunal. Um, joined by, as always, my cohort, Daniel. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. How's it going, man? Um, it's going all right. <clears throat> Forget it. Uh, in the studio with us, we have a very special guest. It's been a long time coming. We have wanted him on the show forever, but he just kept putting us off and, you know, kept refusing to come on whenever we booked yeah. him in. But, you know, finally, we tried. we tried so hard and finally he gave us a time of day in his very busy schedule. He cleared about 10 minutes, really, but we're going to try and stretch that as much as we can. Uh, Ruben, thank you so much for coming on the show, buddy. Wow, that was a lot of lies. But yes, hello. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, hi everyone. <laughs> um, so today, Daniel, do you want to go ahead and let us know what exactly we will be discussing today? Yeah, today we're going to discuss how we got caught in a thunderstorm today because that was fucking wild as shit. Did you guys see that? <laughs> Actually, I, I know, yeah, Ruben was saying you got caught in it, but yeah, literally yeah, earlier today was... at like one o'clock, I was on a walk. Like, I I went to the park, worked out for a bit. I'm like, oh, you know, I'm going to go on a nice walk. I'm like, I don't know, a 15-minute walk away from home. And then I get the warning that's like, oh, tornado <laughs> tornado warnings in your area. And I'm like, okay, wow, shit, I guess I should get home soon. That's kind of, I've never seen that before. <laughs> so then, like, I didn't think much of it. Like, five minutes later, I'm like, okay, I'm going to head back now. Start walking, and then, like, it's getting pretty gloomy outside. And I'm like, yeah, I might need to start, like, you know jogging home at one point. like it might start raining and then literally 30 seconds later i'm drenched soaked like sprinting for my life like holy shit there's like leaves flying like 10 feet in the air around me it was nuts like the the it was like it sprinkled for like two seconds and then all of a sudden a wave hit me as if someone like flat, like dumped a bucket of water on me the floodgates really did open ruben what about, yeah. did you also did you have a similar experience well, yeah, so kind of a little, I mean, I hate to, I hate to one up here, Daniel, but uh, a little okay. bit more intense um, in the sense that I, I was riding, uh, I'm big, I'm big on my bike now. So I rode my bike from Mississauga to Toronto and uh, it's about an hour and a half um, on the bike there. So we were, uh, we were, I was riding and got a little notification on my phone, like you, uh, about the tornado and thought nothing of it. Much, yeah. <laughs> much Again, that seems stupidity seems to uh, run across generations here. And um, kept on going. Started a little bit of a drizzle. Watched it. Uh, watched it come along a little bit stronger. <laughs> saw saw that it was not alleviating. And uh, yeah. So about four seconds after the whole thing started, I was solidly drenched as well. Took cover about for about twenty minutes underneath a, a tree, realizing that it was a very severe lightning risk. But uh, yeah. So that was my story of the tor- of the thunderstorm, and it was awful. I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> we just wait how far were you from uh home you just like not even close barely even a quarter of the way wow it, yeah like we had barely started the ride back and uh you know it's, it's very discouraging when you start a sunday morning you want to get some exercise you're thinking let me do something healthy for myself and then the world says no you know what you were a stupid idiot for that <laughs> wow yeah. i i really lucked out i was at home i actually um my parents were out Um, I went in to go shower and I come out and I see that it's like pitch black. Um, and so I go into my brother's room and he's having, uh, like a little, a little chat with Sid who was at our house at the time. And I was like, Oh, by the way, I don't know if you guys, guys have looked outside, but this is straight up NATO weather. I hadn't even gotten the the notification yet, but due to my Chicago history, I can see tornadoes coming from a mile away. (laughs) So I fully told him this is NATO weather. And Sid was like, no, no, it's not. I shit you not. 30 seconds, I walk out of the room, and then we get the the alert that that there's a, that there's a tornado warning. I was like, yeah, what? What is it? And so um, I was like, uh, I was like, okay, well, let's prepare to go to the basement if we have to. And then my brother was like, yeah, man, mom and dad aren't home, though. I was like, what do you mean? And he's like, oh, they want to go get, like, flowers. I was like, what? And you let them go when the weather looked like, I'm never showering again. How could you allow this? 
Um, so I called, luckily they were already at like the place and they had like some shed shelter makeshift thing, whatever. So they were, they were pretty safe there, but I call them to make sure they're good. And my dad starts fake crying when I pick up and all I hear is my mom in the back. I'm like, no, don't scare the kids like that, please. Wow. Now I yeah, see I mean, where you, do you get your fake crying from? Did you guys ever hear that rumor? Not to derail anything, but have you ever heard not rumor that urban legend, or did your parents ever tell you that you shouldn't go shower during a thunderstorm because you'll get electrocuted? Yes, yes, I have. Oh, never, no, I've never heard that. I've heard that, and I've heard never sit in front of a, a window with the blinds not down in the middle of a thunderstorm because I don't know. I guess lightning just makes you're an easier target for a lightning strike when you're sitting in front of a window that is open rather than closed or blinds wise. I grew up with okay, both of Like the blinds are going to stop the yeah, lightning? Yeah, it's ridiculous. I guess. Look, man, we have some very severe in immigrant traditions that were not <laughs> literally like vetted by science or anything like that. <laughs> yeah, okay, real quick, now that you've already derailed us, I just want to make a point. You know what I really don't like? When people think that going outside and being cold is going to give you a cold. Like, that's just oh. not how it works. You need yeah, to catch that does cold. make sense. People are always like, oh, man, I was so cold. Like, I'm definitely going to get sick now. It's like, what? That's but they have the works. same name, man. Yeah, cold, cold and cold. Exactly. Yeah. I just remember, I remember a specific time where, like, it, I was really hot in the summer one time when I was in school. And I came back in and I put my face in front of the fan. So I was like, dude, you're an idiot, man. You're going to get a cold. What the hell you held on to that one you held on to that one moment yeah this whole time i'm trying to think i think that was actually yeah easily over a decade ago <laughs> i still am pissed about it <laughs> okay 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 let's get back on track before right. we go into a whole thing here about your you know what the pet peeve episode was two episodes ago okay you could have aired it out then <laughs> you've lost your opportunity yeah. Today, we are going to be discussing, I guess, all things NBA related. Um, we've never really had a sports type episode, so this is going to be something new for us. Uh, but we're going to be talking about all sorts of things um, related to the NBA because there's a lot going on right now with players now being in a bunch of hotel rooms in a, in a quote unquote bubble with a strict quarantine process, the season starting back up, how would it affect teams, some players opting out because of either medical concerns or political concerns, which we can also dive into a little bit. Um, so I don't know if either one of you wanted to open up with something in specific that you wanted to talk about in regards to it. If not, I have, I have something kind of light that we could start with otherwise. Well, I was going to say, I was actually going to educate myself because I haven't really been keeping myself sure. up to date but i actually thought it would be more fun if i could kind of just sit here as like almost like a consumer of you guys you know talking about it in the discussion because i used to keep up with it quite a bit right um, but ever since quarantine and then it stopped airing i just like i just don't really care i mean i hear about the news and everything and i found it interesting um you know the differing opinions on how they were going about it in regards to like the black lives matter movement like whether or not they would play whether they would uh, sorry, whether or not they wouldn't play or they would play and then use it to like uh, for the benefit of the platform or whatever. So like I found that stuff interesting. But right in regards to yeah. the other stuff, like I haven't really been keeping up to date. It's just like if you guys aren't playing, like I just I say I don't care in the meantime. <laughs> when JaVale McGee keeps posting videos like a day in the life of the bubble, I'm just like, dude, I don't fucking care, man. Okay, well, I blame you for I blame you for letting JaVale McGee be your source of NBA content. That, <laughs> that is on you. I've never watched him once. That is on you and you strictly, Ruben. Do you wanna? Do you wanna? I don't know. Have you been keeping up with it? And do you want to give Daniel a quick little, a quick little catch up or refresher course? Yeah, truly, there is zero excitement in my life. So the only entertainment <laughs> that has been generated has been from uh, BS news stories about NBA players complaining about living in a five star hotel. <laughs> um, yeah, it's been very intriguing and especially the political considerations. I just think that, I mean, if I could give a recap, I guess in order to put off the coronavirus and, uh, keep these NBA players safe and secure and whatnot, they've, yeah, theorized a bubble, which is Walt Disney World Resorts in Florida. And I mean, it sounded like a good idea on its face until you realize that Florida seems to be the epicenter of the world for coronavirus. So um, I can't really understand the logic there, but I also understand that most of the U.S.-based decisions have not really been made with logic mm -hmm. at the center mm -hmm. of it. 
And for me, I get as fans, we want it back. I have been, um, for me personally, I've been against the season restarting from the very beginning. Now that, you know, it's on track and all that, and it looks like they're going to try to give this a shot. Yes, I am excited at the prospect of seeing these weird games and with no fans and that, you know, no home court advantage and a neutral spot for everyone. But at the same time, I also just feel like so much can go wrong. Um, Apparently a lot of people have, and first of all, yeah, we'll start with the fact that there have been so many complaints from some of these players living in this bubble, which, yes, obviously it's an adjustment from their normal lives, but they're getting um, apparently all types of different hotel services and they get all sorts of shit in their room. Um, they get access to unreleased movies and stuff. And I mean, there's an extent to, you know, what you should be complaining about in the middle of pandemic when people have lost jobs and they're losing money <laughs> left, right and center. Um in terms of the prospect of them actually playing, I do think it'll be inter. I mean, I don't know what the response would be if, God forbid, someone like a LeBron James or Kawhi Leonard catches the virus when the season's starting back up. <laughs> like, do we just shut everything down because we're trending towards like the New York Knicks being in the NBA Finals, or do we just well, really let it play out? Didn't Harden and Westbrook get the virus like a week ago i think westbrook did yeah westbrook did and Harden. Okay. I I think... were, oh i thought there was two major guys on the rockets that got it i know yeah okay westbrook but michael jordan had a flu game so like if lebron isn't gonna suck it up and play a covid game then i don't know how we can say who's the real goat <laughs> if, Le- after this whole thing, right? <laughs> if lebron doesn't purposely get covid and tough through a covid game he's truly not the greatest of all time he doesn't want it enough in my personal opinion hashtag not my champion <laughs> You know what? I bet he actually would. I think people would just tackle him and not let him. (laughs) He definitely would not be allowed to, but it would be interesting to see. Um, In terms of, I want to, I wonder what you got, Daniel, I know you haven't been keeping up with the recent stuff too much, but I'm sure you still know enough about the power dynamics in the league. I'm wondering if you guys have predictions as to who's going to take the season and why. Well, okay. Who are the, who are the big guys? that aren't playing well like Kyrie is not playing they're all NBA players they seem to all be big guys (laughs) perfect answer yeah um well Kyrie Kyrie is probably the biggest one he already wasn't going to play due to injury most likely KD that's another one injury but like for Milwaukee Giannis is playing LA Kawhi is playing for his team LeBron and AD are playing for I think all of those big name guys Westbrook Hopefully, fingers crossed, should be good to go. For now, it looks like Harden's going to be good to go. So there's not any great... For those main championship teams, it doesn't look like as of right now, other than Westbrook, there's any big names that are that mm-hmm. are um, in question. Right. So, yeah. Uh, yeah think, sorry, yeah? Have any other diagnoses that have, that have happened? Yeah, I can't really think of them. I mean, I know there was some, like a couple weeks ago, there was something like six out of the 300 who entered the bubble but uh right. westbrook is definitely the biggest name player and i think that with the whole bubble going on we probably won't see too many of those high profile names pop up like lebron's definitely got some 22nd century oh. mask technology <laughs> that prevents him from getting sick for sure <laughs> lebron is living everyone got you know their the rooms are all all different like the mid-tier players have like decent rooms and then you have like some of your high tier players with great rooms and a few more services maybe lebron has a hotel lebron has a whole entire hotel to his name right now dude lebron <laughs> is staying at cinderella's castle right now there's no question about it he's not in a hotel room he can't be quarantined with the rest of those plebeians okay <laughs> So, yeah, with that being said, base your prediction on just assuming hopefully no one catches the virus throughout the season because it's hard to predict and hopefully it just doesn't happen. Who who are you? Who's your pick for taking it? Okay. I'll just go and, first. And actually, sorry, just a quick follow-up to that. A quick follow-up to that. Who's your pick? Yes, but also, was that also your pick prior to the whole quarantine thing or did your pick change due to, due to the whole season restart? That's Those right. are the two things I want to know. I was going to say that I think whoever comes out of the LA, like what it's going to be one of the two LAs uh, right. that are going to win. And that's what I was thinking beforehand. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, thinking on those teams now, like they're also the ones that I've been hearing that have been able to keep their team together quite well. Like I know LA, they lost um, Bradley and then they yeah. gained someone else. I forget. It was like J.R. Smith. Or something. J.R. Smith and Dion right. Waiters. Yeah. So, right. It's just hilarious on its own. But like, um yeah i feel like they've been able to keep their team together sort of thing and like still have all the pieces there and they were already kind of like my my 
my favorites to come out right uh, to win the championship especially too because like i remember dwight howard was one of the one of the big names that was gonna um out of protest not play and then i'm right. sure lebron gave him a, a, a speech of the century to stay <laughs> to stay on la and play for them so dwight is playing right or is yeah. he, is that yeah. Yeah. dwight is playing okay cool he was one of the ones where i saw a video of him being honest honestly too happy in the bubble like he was um <laughs> he was impersonating um um uh, i forget his name now who's the guy that sits beside uh skip bayless uh, Shannon Sharp. Shannon, yeah, Shannon Sharp. Sharp. Yeah, yeah. Kept going like skip, skip <laughs> for like seven minutes straight, and I was like, I don't know why I'm watching this, but I guess this is this is great content for the podcast. Dwight Howard said that though. He said he doesn't have friends. Like he's he's he always said in a couple interviews, he's kind of a weird dude and doesn't really have like NBA friends. So I can definitely see him kind of just sticking on his phone, making weird TikTok videos or something like that <laughs> for the duration of the bubble. Yeah. I don't know if you guys saw, but J.R. Smith did a live stream when he got to his room and started like shit talking some of the stuff and you know that his sheets were too small and he was like, nah, LeBron definitely doesn't have to deal with all this bullshit. And then someone from the <laughs> NBA had to get in contact with him on the side and be like, yo, turn off your live stream. You're like, you can't do this. <laughs> <laughs> He's been in back in the league for a whole day and he already you guys need to, it's it is on YouTube, but it was hilarious. But so putting that aside, you are picking the lakers is what i'm hearing either the lakers or the clippers and you're leading lakers yeah i think that's okay. whoever comes out of that series is winning that's okay probably my prediction now ruben okay well i mean wow disloyal fool daniel hasikian um how dare you choose anything other than the 2019 nba champions the toronto oh, raptors we the north um i'm truly disappointed but yes my number one pick is going to be the toronto raptors in my weird fantasy dream world oh, um that would be amazing. Well, I mean, we could win it in a regular season. We could win it in an asterisk season. Mm-hmm. We would definitely be the greatest team of all time. Absolutely. That has to be said. Absolutely. Um, in reality, um, <laughs> I think it's probably going to be LeBron and the Lakers out of sheer force of will. Ah. Um, that man has been, he watched the entire Last Dance documentary. He realized <laughs> that Jordan has gotten a lot of clout in 2020 that he did not deserve. And um yeah, I just can't see LeBron taking that, like, you know, just on the chin and not doing anything about it. I think that even if he has to play one versus five, LeBron is going to take that championship. Okay. Let me ask you guys this, actually, also. Who do you think the Lakers are going to be playing against in that final series? Who, who made it out of the East? Milwaukee? Raptors. No doubt. Oh, no doubt Daniel? Daniel? Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, obviously, I'd, of course, like the Raptors come out. And I'm trying to think. Because I, I don't think that they couldn't do it for sure. Sh- but I wonder, like, if I would to actually guess, would I just say the Bucks? And probably. I think I th- the Bucks do seem to be the favorite to get out of the East, but they were last year. Yeah. But we also did yeah. have Kawhi. Yeah. Right. All right. I think we could definitely do it in like an underdog fashion, though, for sure. Well, here's my pick. I think LeBron James is a phenomenal player. I don't think I would be alone in that thought, <laughs> of course. But. I think the last dance was a reminder that the greatest of all time is a ghost that he will never be able to catch. Although it might fuel him, it won't be enough. I have been on the Clippers bandwagon, not really bandwagon, but in terms of who my pick is, um, ever since Kawhi joined. I don't see that changing, provided Kawhi and Paul George stay healthy. Um, I just don't believe enough. Now, the whole quarantine thing and the season restart changed my hasn't changed my mind, but it's shifted my confidence a little bit because I don't think anyone benefited from the rest more than LeBron. Maybe Kawhi because of his whole load management and all that, but mm. I think ultimately LeBron benefits the most from it. Um, but I, I just, I don't know. After seeing the greatness of Kawhi Leonard last season and everything he did, um, not to say he carried the Raptors because he certainly didn't because Fred Van Vliet, Norman Powell, Kyle Lowry, the list goes on, Pascal Siakam, the guys who killed it last year. But boom, 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 nonetheless, boom, boom, boom. nonetheless, Kawhi was phenomenal. And I mean, we all remember the yeah. shot. He has Paul George. He has an amazing um, roster around him, in my opinion. Lou Will, Patrick Beverly, although I hate him, he's scrappy and he's a great <laughs> defender. I just think that the Clippers, I think Kawhi is too great. I think it is his time. I think it's time for LeBron to take a backseat to the new king in LA and also wow. just take a backseat to realizing that he is not, cannot be, and never will be as great as Michael Jordan. And even if he does win a chip this year, which he won't, 
that will never change. I do have the Clippers beating the Milwaukee Bucks uh, in six. I'll say in six. Sure. Yeah. Well, now here's a follow-up question. Do you guys think that this championship, this whole season, will have a big asterisk over it because of the whole <sighs> change of change of plans? I think it certainly will. Should it? Uh, I guess a little bit, but I'm not even sure I really care because to me, <laughs> the I mean, I don't really care whether someone makes it to the playoffs in 20 games versus 80 games. To me, it's just about do you win in the playoffs? Like that's that's you winning the championship. So if they, you know, if they keep the playoffs fairly consistent to what it was before, then to me, it's not really that different. I just wonder though, because 20 games in, the Phoenix Suns would have made the playoffs, you know, like right. these sorts of like it's, the season differs at the 20 game snapshot versus the 80 game snapshot. So I just have to wonder what kind of differences did like part of the season is longevity, right? The reason that so many players are either great or not great is because they were able to play 70 out of 82 games, that sort of thing. Right. And get those like rack up those statistics, that sort of thing. So I just wonder whether the increased amount of time between training and, you know, everything like that just leads to maybe a different sort of set of circumstances than we would have seen had we gotten the full 82 games. Here's what I think. I think the only thing that would change would make an asterisk in my mind is if one, like you're saying, if Phoenix went on to win it because they snuck in randomly. Then it's like, whoa, that's kind of an asterisk. I don't think they actually would have been able to do that, but you know, kind of like, you know, they got into the right place yeah. at the right time and killed it. And the other thing that would make it an asterisk is if it had to do with injuries. Like, say, um, you know, if we had eighty-two games or whatever, oh, Kawhi would have been injured by this point, or like, you know what I mean? And all those things <laughs> that could have happened just didn't. And now, um, you know, whoever's in the playoffs is in the playoffs, sort of thing. So I think that also can give an asterisk. But at the same time, like, we're talking about the same players. Like, we're talking about uh, the Clippers and the Lakers. Like, they were going to get in no matter what. Uh, so to me, that doesn't really change anything if they play it. In my sure. opinion, yeah. if, if a big name player, obviously, gets COVID, then automatically there's an asterisk. And it leads to that team losing. There's an asterisk. Like, if... Again, God forbid it happens to like someone like Kawhi or Paul George, and that's what ends up uh, edging the Lakers through. That's 100% an asterisk in my mind, because although both of them were meant to be in contention, um, such a big impact of those two superstars not being able to play is an automatic asterisk for me. If that doesn't happen and none of those unforeseen circumstances play in, I still think it's a little tainted um, due to the fact that there's no home court advantage, which is huge in the playoffs for a lot of teams like the 76ers, although I don't like them. They are definitely, definitely being handicapped by this because of how much better they are at home than on the road. And this, no one really has the home or road game. It'll be all neutral for everyone. But I do think that plays in. Um, obviously, some teams have players that are opting it, opting out of the option of playing, whether for personal concerns or otherwise, which which we'll talk about in a second. Um so I think all Wait, of that. What do you mean, no home court advantage? What about that magic? That magic uh, advantage there. They're thirty minutes down the Ooh, road. You know <laughs> exactly. What? Very good point. And I'll say this: if the Magic win, major asterisks, and we should take the ring away from them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but not even as a joke. If there's a, if there's something crazy that happens because of it, then there's an asterisk. But right. also, I want to make this point as well. I think obviously because it's so obvious like their the season was cut down because of a pandemic like people are going to bring this up forever pretty much but i think every season there's an asterisk in some form you know last season uh not to be sort of a pessimist but literally in the finals oh don't you kevin durant got injured you that's a huge asterisk like that's a massive asterisk on last season, I think. And no one really brings that up. It's not really like a, you know, when people say, um, and I, I mean, outside of locally here as well. Obviously here, we just want to celebrate it. Like, I'm not going to talk about some random shit well, like that. a lot of people do bring it up. Dick, but, what? A lot of people do, in fact, bring it up. But in my opinion, it's not an asterisk because but, with KD, that team's a super team and you will not beat them. Without KD, they are a regular NBA team. It's a fair match. With KD, yes. Odds are we probably wouldn't make it out of that series alive. But they're just an unfair match with those with those three, four, and maybe even five if Boogie was healthy. I just don't think that it's a huge asterisk to me because without KD, it became a fair fight, and the Raptors came out. 
I'll come but that's exactly my- the point is that, you know, it's almost like we triumphed over the super team without actually having to beat the super team because they were in because they were a third of the super team was gone or a fourth. Yeah. And I mean, I'll come at it from like a like a general sports kind of take on it, because I mean, part of sports, part of winning and having great teams with any team in any sport is, again, the durability of your players. And if your players can keep healthy for 82 games, 160 games, whatever amount of games there are in the season, then they then that's just how the season played out, you know, like ankles snap, knees bruised, those sorts of things. And right. they're not it's not that they contribute to asterisks. It's just that like like anything, that's how the season played out, you know? Right. And the way it this happens every was, year. The way this season was playing out too, it looked like, for example, the 76ers were about to go into the playoffs without Simmons and maybe Embiid. Now both of them are fully health, uh, fully healthy, well rested, and they're good to go. So all of that plays into something so unique that never would have happened. Like a player who had no shot of at least playing the first two rounds of the playoffs will now be ready for game one, round one, provided nothing else unforeseen happens. So I, I don't think there will be a major asterisk if there's no COVID-related um, winnings, but there there's no way that this can ever be looked at, in my opinion, the same as any other NBA championship because there's just so much that came from this. Yeah, to me, I I guess to summarize my point is that I think this, I mean, it's obviously going to be extremely unique, the circumstances leading up to whatever, but as long as they play, you know, a fairly normal, uh, you know, playoff series, then to me, there's not going to be an asterisk in that I take away, I you know, I'd be like, oh, that victory wasn't really like fully deserved. Right. You know what I mean? Like, it, to me, this is sort of like any other playoff series because um, it's a, yeah. there's always unique. This one's just going to be especially, especially unique. <laughs> Yeah, this one's going to be pandemic unique. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, now I want to I shift gears a little bit here. Um, as we've alluded to before, and I'm sure people who have been keeping up with basketball have seen, and Daniel, even you have kept up with this, even though you haven't been keeping up with too much NBA stuff. Um, players have been opting out, uh, whether due to personal health-related reasons or family or whatever, obviously just strictly due to the virus they've been opting out, or some people have been opting out um, due to... Mm, but some people have been opting out um due to due to protests and um the whole blm movement and so i want to start with you ruben actually i want to know what your stance is i'll go last so uh after ruben's done daniel you go ahead and and i'll go last because um i don't know if uh my my (laughs) that's a good one man never fucking do that again um because i don't know (laughs) my if my opinion is actually too widely shared so uh ruben i want to know i want to ask you both and i'll start with ruben what you guys think about players opting out first of all due to health related reasons coronavirus related reasons and then opting out due to protest related reasons and if you feel that it makes sense um in your mind or not um just just a little bit about that from both of you i would like to hear Okay. Well, um, if you don't mind me doing a little bit of a soliloquy here, um, I, yes, more than anything in the entire world, I just want to turn on TSN for one day and not see either greatest highlights of the 90s or some idiot who is like, who washed out of the NHL in the early 80s saying like, giving me garbage sports analysis about what might happen in the future or what has happened five years in the past. I it's don't so care. It's true. It's yeah. so true. <laughs> it's torture. It's the worst. There's you don't you never realize how absolutely inept and unintelligent a lot of sports personalities and sportscasters <laughs> are in anything other than sports until they have to talk about it. Right. So I really want sports back. That right. is my that's my preliminary statement. Now, regarding the idea that these sports that the NBA coming back, because I think like I mean soccer's back and there are sports around the world that are back, but I think the U.S. is in a very particular situation in that most of the problems are stemming from them, right? Like the BLM movement started in the U.S. Um, the pandemic is currently raging in the U.S. Right. Um, I'll never fault a player for any reason of like any health reason, really. I think right. that it honestly is the more prudent thing to do to say, hey, I'm going to stay the hell out of Florida while Florida is the epicenter of the world. Um yeah, so that's that's the health reason. I don't really care. The political reason, I understand, and I almost 100% agree with. Like, it's true. Kyrie said it a couple months ago. He said the only reason that they're bringing, not the only reason, but the main reason they're bringing this back is, number one, to make money, and secondly, to take a lot of the heat off of the systems in place that 
are oppre- like that are oppressing minorities. So it, it didn't seem like it made much sense to me at first, but after realizing it, like, yeah, that's all that's on the front page of social media. That's, that's dom- like the NBA return is what's dominating the conversation right now. The protests are still going on. They're still happening and the issues are still there, but it seems like Kyrie was pretty right in the sense that sports are a very nice distraction and kind of an opiate in the sense that it allows us to forget a lot of the real stuff going on. Yeah, that's interesting that you say that. Um, because I was actually feeling the other way around. Not that I uh, disagreed with like Kyrie's stance and some of those players, but I just sort of thought... I get now that you say that, it's a good point. I haven't thought about that. Um, that just sports in general and the news will just take it away from it. But to me, I guess the way the, sim- the simple way I looked at it is that um, if you're a person that wants to support this movement, um, just simply not doing anything and letting it happen uh, is less effective than doing what you do best and then using that to your advantage, whether that be you know any time you have on air or like social media, anytime the eyes are on you, you know, you direct attention towards uh, this cause or with all the money you're making, you're able to, you know, raise funds to do this, this and that. So that's what made sense to me is that, you know, uh, not, you know, when you want to support something, you don't just stop what you're doing out of solidarity. I think to me, it just made more sense to do what you do best and then use that to your advantage. But I get your point as well, which is, all about attention on sports in general and how, um, you know, uh, if if having sports in the general conversation will generally direct attention away from the movement, and you know, people will just care about it less over time if if it uh, if that's like long term. Mm-hmm. I guess I don't yeah. know. <laughs> it's yeah. kind of it, I mean, it's okay to have a black, like a gray opinion on it. I don't know that I necessarily feel one strong way or the other, but Kunal, I'm interested to hear your take on it too. So um, to start with just the basic, for the basic easy part of the answer for me, the uh, health related reasons, if for any reason you're worried about your own health, um, uh, a significant other, your parents, maybe you're, uh, you have a child coming, whatever, anything related to the actual virus itself, that, that's unique circumstances put us all in that you don't want to play. Um, I, I don't think there's even 1% of the, you know, breathing room for anyone to try and fault a player for that. Um, I think that's the most understandable reason to opt out of any season ever. It completely makes sense, of course, as you alluded to the fact that Florida is now becoming, um, an epicenter of this virus. It makes so much sense to me that someone would want to do that for strictly health related reasons. And depending on who you're living with, I, or depending on who I would be living with, if I was in that situation, I probably would make the same decision. Um, as it relates to the protests and everything that's been going on around America, well, not even America, all over the world at this point. Um, I personally believe, first of all, I'll start with, with Kyrie in specific. Um, and I've always kind of felt like Kyrie got uh, a bad reputation. I know that, you know, everyone likes to clown him for the fact that he can't be an effective leader um, on an NBA team and and whatnot, and people don't always agree with his views, such as the whole flat earth thing. Um, But I've still always felt like Kyrie has a very strong voice and strong opinions, and I've always kind of respected him for it. In this particular case, though, I didn't like the fact that Kyrie was all in on playing and uh, returning to uh, the bubble or going to the bubble to return for the season restart until he was told, I believe by doctors, that he would not be able to play. And then all of a sudden his viewpoint shifted from being excited to play to, oh, well, none of us should actually play if you think about it. I felt like that was a little shady. Um, Mm. And I wasn't a huge fan of that move. I just felt like it seemed a little two-faced the way he went about that. Because although I agreed with the points he made overall with why we shouldn't play because or why they shouldn't play due to protests and all that, it was a little funky to me that he never had that stance until he was told he wouldn't be able to play. Um, at first, when I heard about players deciding to opt out uh, of playing and, and returning to the season because you don't want basketball to drive focus away from what matters, what really matters. I was fully on board with it until I thought about it more. Um, I think right now I'm at the point where I believe that this is um, obviously the NBA is doing this for money 100% um, because they need to try to generate and salvage some of that revenue, all that, all that money that they've lost over these past few months that they've been shut down. Um, the way I've been looking at it is that, yeah, these players do ultimately have 
um, these contracts and these jobs and responsibilities um, to their teams to fulfill, uh, to actually show up and play these games. In terms of opting out, though, because you don't want to drive attention away from the protests and everything that's happening, I don't know if that's necessarily the case in my mind, and maybe I'm looking at it the wrong way, but I think that players can very effectively continue to protest and raise awareness to these issues, maybe even more so when they return to the bubble and return to play, as opposed to opting out of playing. Because although it would be a huge statement um, that the NBA season is not continuing because too many players opted out and they wanted to focus on the BLM movement, although that would be huge, I first of all don't realistically see that happening. But second of all, I think that the players have such a strong voice now when they're going to be in this bubble Obviously, they're doing small things here and there to put um, different. You don't have to have your last name on your jersey, for example. It could say BLM or something like that, and it could it could shout towards a cause that you want. Um, but post game interviews, inter, uh, pre game interviews, uh, putting things on your gear, on your shoes, whatever, and being able yeah. to talk about it during games or not during games, being able to exemplify it during games and talk about it after games and continue to tweet about it. The same things you're doing right now. The only difference um, when you're in the bubble as opposed to when you're out of the bubble, is that you cannot actually be out there physically protesting. But otherwise, you still have the ability to tweet about it. You still have the ability to make videos about it. But now you have the additional ability to have these huge nationally televised games, which everyone's eyes are going to be on, even some non-basketball fans, because it is sports, um, where you can have the, the platform to continue to make these statements and draw attention to the cause. So I feel like yeah. if you're opting out for... COVID makes sense, but otherwise I think you should, I believe that it would be probably the better move for the players to show up and yeah, fulfill their games and their contracts and blah, 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 all that, but also continue to use the platform that they'll have in the bubble and in these games to continue to keep bringing awareness to the cause, which it's great that the NBA is allowing them to do it. I think they should take advantage of that. And I, I think that could be just as effective, if not more effective than, than what they can do right now um, from the comfort of their own homes. Hmm. Yeah, I, and- I agree with you. I, I definitely agree with you in the sense that like I do recognize the power of the like an NBA player um, talking about the movement from a post game, from a pregame, from the court itself. Right. Um, the place that maybe it breaks down for me is like we've seen them in the bubble now for oh, I guess I must have been two weeks now. Um, we've seen the videos coming out. We've seen players like even making their own little videos and like shows that sort of thing. Right. Um, what I haven't seen, what, what I haven't seen is the presence of any sort of like social or I hate to call, I don't like to, I mean, social justice. I hate to say that I noticed a lot. There's a lack of social justice content coming out of the bubble. And I'm not, I mean, I'm not trying to be holier than thou or anything, because I don't know that even I would be doing it if I were sitting in the bubble. Um, but all I'm seeing right now is players complaining about the quality of like the standard of the meals, the standard of the Mm -hmm. the accommodation. Yeah. that sort of thing so yeah it's just Which, not a great test case to say like oh they're gonna they're gonna talk about black lives matter they're gonna talk about inequality in in america right when the game is on when they have all eyes on them in a hotel and haven't really done it yet you know so it's i mean it's more so a cynical take from me and and so i i actually do agree with that and initially my number one concern um with this was that prior to them even arriving at the bubble was that I just didn't know if, and as you said, I didn't know if it would be playing out as effectively when they first got to the bubble. And, and that so far is held true. I didn't know if they'd be, you know, too focused on making those stances right now because of the whole adjustment that would come with moving to the bubble and obviously all the videos and pictures and everything that would be coming out. Now they're starting to try to get back into either NBA condition or now go into all these practices and get ready for games. So I figured there'd be such a strong attention in the initial phase of transitioning to the bubble that they wouldn't be focusing on it as much. And that Mm. so far has been playing out. And I think you hit the nail on the head there that mainly we're focused on players like Rajon Rondo who are complaining about their rooms or, you know, (laughs) players who are now coming into the bubble testing positive for the virus and all that. Um, But the only thing for me there, my, the way my brain works there is that if they weren't in the bubble right now, the only difference to me is that they would be 
probably a little more focused on these causes right now because instead of transitioning to a bubble, you're same old, you're at home in your normal routine. You can continue to tweet about it, maybe even go out and protest with some people. The only thing now is you can't actually go out there and engage in these protests. You can still continue to try to bring awareness to it. Although I do recognize it's probably unlikely as everyone continues to transition and complain about their bed sheets and whatnot. Um, but I do think that as the season starts to kick off now, when we start getting more and more eyes on the games themselves, that that's when we'll really see a large uproar of this kind of coming back to life. And it's not like it's died in America at all. And good thing that it hasn't. But now the players, I think when I say coming back to life, now the players will start talking about it a lot more and start bringing a lot more awareness to it. Now that we're actually in these games and having these interviews and having this huge platform that we don't have otherwise when we're not actually in the bubble or a part of the, <laughs> a part of the NBA. So I'm yeah. hoping that that, that my two-part theory plays out. Unfortunately, the first part is correct where nothing is really happening right now. And I'm hoping the second part holds true where that huge outburst just comes along when the season restarts. That's kind of where my brain has been at with that. Yeah. And I mean, sorry, I don't want to like throw it back. I know we mentioned it before. Um, I just want to say how stupid this whole like, any any of these players who complained about any of these accommodations are like it made no sense to me because like yeah for i don't know you at the most they're gonna be there for 35 40 days have not right. even been to summer camp or anything like that <laughs> like i just wonder we were in shacks and tents and stuff for 40 days and i understand they're millionaires but i don't know it it doesn't hurt to gain a sense of a little bit of perspective right Right. I do get it's a lifestyle change. Sorry, Daniel. Uh, I do get it's a lifestyle change, but at the same time, like there are so many people right now in this country that would love to be living in that hotel room because of what's happened to them over the past few months for so many different reasons that it's like, are you sure that was the best tweet, Rajon Rondo? Are you positive you should have said that? And it really puts things in perspective when you think that they could be, this is the time when they could be promoting all that stuff towards the movement. And then instead they're talking about this dumb shit. Like that makes it even like 10 times worse in my opinion. Cause like you have all like, actually I wanted to, this is what I've been meaning to ask you guys since we started talking about this is, do you think there are players that are promoting a lot of this stuff and they're just not getting the attention and instead we're just hearing about, Oh, Rajan Rana complained about this. Well, um, I'll, I'll quickly answer what I've seen is that I do know that there are still some players that are, you know, reposting stuff on social media and whatnot um, as the protests continue in America and, um, you know, whatever comes along. Um, I have seen reposts and stuff of that nature, um, but in terms of like someone actually making a video or talking about it or something like that, I haven't really seen, I don't think, any of that up till now, ever since I've been back. But, but do you think that's because it's not promoted as much? Uh, well, or do you maybe think I can there's get, just a lack of like content created from the players. Maybe I can be a little conspiracy theorist here. Like, I don't know. I just feel like it. Firstly, it's the media who is prom- who is promoting any of these these things, right? Like, they're right. the ones who pick up these tweets. These they run with the stories, and then it gets distributed to the mainstream. We like Kanal and I, Daniel, you for sure. We follow the Twitter accounts. We follow the like the up close and personal of a lot of these players, so we kind of know and have a better grasp of what's going on but the media doesn't really want to promote protests and the media doesn't really want to promote social causes like that's just how they've been they're pretty conservative by nature so like i can't imagine yeah i do think that there is some sort of suppression in the sense that there's some players out there probably tweeting a lot about social justice and these causes but it just makes a lot better of a story to hear like i don't know spoiled millionaire complains about five-star hotel at disney world rather than like third stringer from the Portland Trailblazers tweets about Black Lives Matter. Right. And and I yeah, have seen, sure. like, the other day I saw, um, it was LeBron who posted a, one another, like, Justice for Breonna Taylor tweet, and that blew up, and I saw a lot of players do the same thing and po- repost the same picture that he posted. So, like, that's what I'm alluding to when I say that I've seen stuff like that. I think, again, Ruben was pretty spot on there, though. At the same time, the media is controlling a lot of this, and that was kind of what led into my worry about the initial transition phase of the bubble, that it would be way more media-controlled than player-controlled because these players don't have that platform yet right now they're locked in their rooms practicing and whatnot and that's about it um and yes absolutely especially with the amount of um uh news related to blm that we've been taking in these media members are probably salivating at the opportunity to instead post jr smith gets kicked off of live stream for trashing on his room or something like yeah. that. yeah so i think that until these players start becoming or start getting the opportunity to start getting in front of the cameras again and start having the ability to use that platform i worry that this will continue until then but 
once that happens, mm. they have about three months or so to continue to push the shit out of this um, until the season's over. Yeah, mm-hmm. We'll see how that goes, too, because we've seen with the whole um, uh, the situation with China that obviously the NBA is in favor of... Um, well, the word is escaping me right Money. now, but essentially, but essentially like silencing and controlling what they say, right? Right. I think that was that was a very, very frustrating thing to watch play out. But the NBA was so concerned about money in that case that I think that's what led to a lot of the issues we saw there. I w- I'm not too worried about that playing in that similar effect playing in here because there's no real financial loss I have to worry about with players, you know, coming out and they're already permitting players to have BLM and whatnot on their jerseys. So I'm not too worried about that part personally. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm not too worried about that part in this case. I don't think there'll be any suppression or anything for the sake of saving dollars here and there. I guess the point I'm making is that we've seen how dollar focused they are. And then the fact that they will censor, by the way, is what the word I was trying to think of. Yeah. The fact that they will have the tendency to censor uh, players whenever they see fit or, or try to censor them at least. So would if, you think they would try case, to censor a, a LeBron or, or I'm not sure. someone like I'm not that? Sure. I mean, I, I they, personally I'm don't sure, see a I'm sure they are in some ways. Uh, I mean, they, in a weird way, they censored J.R. Smith, which is, I mean, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> he was just shitting on the room. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. I'm just saying you can be the censor, which means we might not be seeing the full picture either way or like, you know, they may be able, be able to only promote it in this such way. You know what I mean? Like, I think, sorry, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Okay, yeah. I mean, I was going to say, like, yeah, end of the day, they're a corporation. Their main goal, as much as we want to think it's to provide basketball to the masses, is to make money. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone who's involved with them is a millionaire, and they want to keep it that way. So, right. like, as much as the social causes matter, like we saw with China, like we've seen with social causes from years before, really, the only thing that it comes down to is there's some accountant at the in the basement of the NBA, basically saying, <laughs> how much money does it make us to support BLM? How much money does it right. make us to not support them? If the if supporting them brings them more money, probably mm-hmm. will, considering it's a majority black like there's a majority of black players. Um, I can't see that it would be a bad decision. But in any other scenario, let's not pretend that like the NBA is like some good-hearted charitable folk, you know? Right, right. And that's actually exactly what I was going to say. Unfortunately, it is strictly money. It's a business. It like money is what matters to most of them. But that's why I feel very confident that that type of censorship should not be happening. Because can you imagine the amount of revenue the NBA would be set to lose if LeBron James came out and said, yeah, by the way, I wanted to promote this for BLM and Adam Silver told me I couldn't and they wouldn't let me. They would be in financial <laughs> ruin if that happened. I, I do not see a world where, because right now, unfortunately, it sucks that you know money has to be attributed to something that truly matters. But that's just how the NBA looks at it. And I'm sure that's how the NBA looks at it. And it would be a financial loss to not allow these protests and not allow these players to speak up. Um, so I, I personally am not worried about that. And I hope I'm right. I really hope I'm not wrong about that. But I, I, I'm not worried about that part too much. Mm. That's true. There's some good points. Yeah. Now, we are actually, I don't know if you guys can believe this. We are at the 50 minute mark. <laughs> I don't understand. Oh, <laughs> How time got away from us that quickly. Um, we can quickly try to squeeze in a couple hot seat questions. Sure. Yeah, I love a hot seat question. I'm going to run us through the, the highly advanced number generator right now. Oh, wait. Ready? we got to say what we always say when we do the hot seat, though. Oh, right. Of course. Ready? Yeah, yeah. Uh, should I count yeah. it down? Okay. Yeah, Three. you count it down. Okay, I'll count it down. Ready? Three, yeah. two. Okay, don't, don't say yeah in between, though. Ready? Three. Two, one. It's time, time to be to on the, the hot, hot seat, seat because this is the seat that's that's hot, and when you're cold, it'll it, it'll warm you right up. Welcome to I, the hot seat. I don't I don't think I've ever gotten this far in the podcast, so very much. <laughs> I think Glad that yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, There's so the probably hot, a lot of people that haven't gotten this far. The hot seat, since we're kind of late <laughs> to the episode, we'll do a speed run version of it. Ruben, what we have here in front of us is about fifty questions. Um, there's three of us, so we're going to attribute a number to each of us. Ruben, you can be number one. Daniel will be number two. I will be number three. Um, Daniel is going to spin a random number generator for the player, one, two, or three, who has to answer the question. And then I will spin a random number generator for the question. Um, and 
I will spin from one to 50, whatever number I get. I'll read the question that we have that I have in front of me. And Daniel's going to spin from one to three. Whatever he gets um, is who will be answering. I think that makes sense, right? No, yeah. but go ahead. <laughs> yeah, you'll, you'll, you'll follow along. It'll make sense. Daniel, why don't you go ahead and spin from one to three first to tell us who exactly will be exactly will be reading or answering this question. Okay, and the number is three. So spin again. Spin again. Oh, so that's Canal. Okay. Yeah. So, so Ruben, question. we gave me number three, right? So okay. since we spun three, it will be me who will be answering. And now I'm going to spin from one to 50. Question 47. Question 47. All right. What is the most embarrassing interview you've had? Huh. Well, I hate that. Um, <laughs> it would actually be for a job that I got. Um, I was, I had just uh, finished first year and I, I needed a source of income. Um, and so while I was waiting for some jobs that I really wanted, I figured, okay, whatever, let me just go apply for some random part-time stuff here and there. And I applied for Baskin Robbins. Um, nice. and I don't know, like the interview process was just, they wanted me to ask questions really. And I was, so I was just asking stuff about like the job and how to be a good scooper and all that. And like every single one of those questions, is like, I have no interest in anything I'm asking you. Obviously <laughs> I don't care to be a good scooper. I'm just doing this cause I need cash, but I can't say that. So then I'm asking all these random questions. They're like, Oh, what do you do for school? I'm like, yeah, I'm in like, kind of like an engineering program. I guess. <laughs> oh, so what brings you to Baskin Robbins? And it's like, Oh, uh, you know, just, the more experience, the better. And, you know, what better experience than just scooping ice cream on a hot summer day? <laughs> like, I just hated it. I hated it so much. <laughs> I, I go back. You would ask... Sorry? I thought you would ask something like next level stupid, like how many flavors are there? And they'd be like, oh, 31. It says on the sign. And <laughs> that would be it. That would be the end of the interview. <laughs> I w you know what? I wish, okay, that it could have been that quick and painless. Because I go home and I look my parents in the eye and I say, yeah, I got the job, but at what cost? That was the worst process I've ever been a part of. <laughs> Think yeah. of the employer, though. He was like, score, man. Like, we got a guy who, like, really loves to scoop ice cream. He's going to yeah, be so he, motivated. He asked us how to be a better scooper. Uh, fun fact, worked about, like, three shifts, and then they never called me back. <laughs> <laughs> they were satisfied with your scooping man i was bad i was really bad at scooping but then uh luckily walmart came through. calling so yeah okay uh i'm gonna actually take because we're almost out of time i'm gonna take executive control here and just uh -huh. uh, elect uh ruben to the hot seat right now what a badass it's a baller yeah. move man you gotta I'm have i'm actually that i i have a podcast and i can just like fucking do whatever i want i just swore you know that I have a podcast too, right? Do you guys have the same right, podcast? Can you, can you read the question, man? Do you also have a podcast, Daniel? Sorry? What? Sorry, I'm just pulling out my random number generator. I thought I would just make conversation. You clearly had no interest, though. We have number yeah. 14. Number 14. Number 14. Okay. Wait, can I read it? Can I read it? Can I read it? Can I read it? <laughs> please let me read it. Daniel, please. Please. Daniel. <laughs> I'm going to take executive control and let you read it. Thank you. Oh. But just know that I give that. He's a benevolent dictator. Yeah. Oh, okay. Ruben, you're quay, huh? <laughs> yeah, Jeez. I took Spanish. I should have just, just read it. <laughs> <laughs> Ruben, your question. Of the other two, so between myself and Hatsushian, who did you have a worst first impression with? Oh, my God. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Oh, well, okay. No, this is, honestly, this is a pretty easy question. Daniel was a very subdued and, and kind individual the first time I met him. Gosh, oh, Kunal was da damn near rabid the first moment oh. that I met him. Like, oh, it's truly a character study in insanity the first <laughs> week or so of knowing him. Um, I really can't state enough how disappointed I was in our first encounter. <laughs> Wait, can you, can you always preface this with how old I was when we first met? I think you must have been like 11. Perfect. Yeah, that's what I think. I think I was about a, like 11 or 12, somewhere around there. I was not in high school yet, for sure. Well, no, but see, this is compounded by the fact that I was probably 13. So wait, I no, really how, thought wait, that... How old are you now? 23. 
Oh god, oh, you're 13. My god, yeah. that's not an excuse then. Oh, okay. No, I on. mean I I no, see, but here's where it comes around. I assumed that me being 13, you being 11, the gap there was insurmountable. There was just no way we could ever reach the same maturity level. Um, right. I could never hang out with an 11-year-old. But then I realized, wait, next year he'll be 12, the year after he'll be 13. Maybe we can give him some time. So <laughs> in terms of first impressions, right. I will say that, you know what? No, it's fine. Yeah, you were okay, man. Wow, that really worked out the way I wanted it to. <laughs> that was great. Thank you. Well, and yeah, and I, you I, still I, um, explained what happened. Like, uh, was this oh, a traumatic event? God, I mean, have you ever met an 11-year-old? <laughs> I, I've met them in my day. I was a unique one. I was a rare case of bad. <laughs> Just no, no, no. I'm being, I mean, honestly, neither of you had a particularly negative in interaction with. It's just, I think, I think I was stupid when I met Kunal. And so I thought that everything was stupid. Whereas when I really got to know you, Daniel, I was a little bit more of a normal functioning human being. Yeah. So I would you know give yourself more credit. That's I was pretty I bad. I was pretty bad. I, I fully I fully support the decision. I was honestly fully expecting it for, for it to be me. I would have way more questions if you said Daniel. Um, well, no, I, I felt like I went a little too hard on you, man. So I had to pull back. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I will be the first to admit. Not a great first impression uh, when you're 11 and <laughs> as, as ass backwards far gone as I was. So um, <laughs> real quick, before we conclude, Daniel, I'm going to take executive control. We definitely have enough time for you to do a question. So I'm going to randomly generate and right, read you on executive control. We are out of time, ladies and gentlemen. Sorry, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, but that's not, that's not what's about to happen. I'm spinning. It is indeed uh, question. I will take executive control and give you executive control. <laughs> Daniel, I have already taken can executive control. Can I ask this one? Absolutely. You want me to, here, I'll, do you have the Discord chat open? I could copy and paste it. Oh, God. Okay, well, that's a lot of work. Okay, you know what? You ask the question. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Daniel. You have question 31. Um, I have one sec. I have to reopen the ledger. Okay. Wow. Question 31. So bad at executive control. <laughs> oh, man. Ruben, we're closing off on a good one. Thank God I took executive control. Daniel, okay. question 31. What turns you on the most? And in brackets, kink? Question mark. Oh. I was, very specific. I was literally uh go ahead literally buddy. i was already asked this one on one we didn't air we well, clearly didn't learn our lesson about oh, this no we didn't it's still up there and just give us a quick answer and we'll get the heck out of here we've had a lot of time to refine your kink man yeah come okay, on okay well okay first of all this is two different questions because the one that turns you on the most isn't necessarily a kink i don't think okay so either or or do both you still there, buddy? <laughs> Man, Fuck this. taking executive control is the best. Um, okay, I'll say this. Mm -hmm. You know, just just give me a moment to word this, to put mm -hmm. it together in my head how I'm going to say this. Okay, that was your moment. It is now time. No extra time will be given. And if you don't answer, I will answer for you. <laughs> okay. No, no, okay, I don't want you to answer for me. Okay, here's what I'll say. And this is the answer I gave last time as well. Okay, I actually don't remember, so. I think it's fun when, like, you do stuff that's sort of out of the ordinary. So, or... Fuck this question. Okay, basically, <laughs> I, I guess, like, a quick answer. Like, doing stuff in, like, public places is kind of, like... Because it's like, oh, you're not really supposed to do that. Not in a way that where I'm, like, in public, everyone's watching us type of thing. But, but you like, know, in public and, like, only some people are watching us. Yeah, no, like, we're zero, zero people are watching. a girl and she's really into it. I'm doing it in a zero, I guess that there's more risk, but there's like zero people watching, if that makes sense. So like a park where no one's at the park, that? Is that yeah. what you mean? Sure. How do you know no one was at the park? Because I was. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> oh, thank you so much for tuning in for yet another episode of the America This Podcast. Ruben, that was a fantastic discussion, if I might say so myself. I know Daniel would probably disagree because he he's just always so negative and whatever. But personally, from me, from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for coming on the show. It was, it was truly a blast, and, and I can't wait to have you back on again in the future. Thank you, folks. I'm very glad to have been on, and I will wait for the next couple of years until you cycle <laughs> through all your remaining friends and get me back on.
<laughs> Sounds like a plan, buddy. Daniel, any closing thoughts before we get out of here? No, it's well, I feel like I just left on a real sour note. You definitely did. I don't control anymore. <laughs> um, if you have questions, feedback, want to be on the show, or anything in between, please send it all to either imrt.podcast on Instagram or dan.and.canal at gmail.com. I'm sorry for the troubling email. We can't get it changed at this point. It's too late into the game. Uh, once again, Ruben, thank you for coming on the show. Daniel, thank you for uh, ending us on such a sour note. And we will see you next week for another episode of the I May Regret This podcast. I don't want to see you pull up. It's a hectic scene. I don't want to see you being glowy on the beat. What you mean? We go away. We be zooming through the cities on the west side. On the west side, yeah. Rest in peace to this beat, not trying to flex.